Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Sublime summertime. It's been hot and rainy around here the last couple weeks, so we thought we would uh, go ahead and just bring it in with some summertime music, even though it's not officially summertime yet. June 20th or 21st, whenever the solstice happens. It's 90. It's summer. <laughs> summer. Get over it. 12 months a year. <laughs> yeah. This is Duval. It's always summer. <laughs> yeah. We did have a surprisingly long winter this year. I'm fine with it. But, yeah. yeah. Uh, we're, yeah, we're back the in the heat. The players have been talking about it. DJ Sharks brought it up a couple times. A couple other guys have brought it up. But uh, we've got a lot going on. Not quite as much big news around the league this week <clears throat> that affects the Jaguars in terms of like rule changes and national anthem rules and all that sort of stuff. But Jaguars have been having OTAs. Um, so we've got a lot to get into. A lot of people have been having press conferences a lot of fun information coming out of OTAs, uh, but yeah, this is the 69th episode of the Gen Jag Podcast, lucky number 69. Nice. Uh, I'm your host, Jordan DeLugo, joined as always by Scott Klein, and Hunter Evans is back with us this week after missing several weeks um, coaching football over at Creekside, but their spring practices are over, and now he's able to join us, and fortunately, for us at least, his... Uh, Beautiful wife did not go into labor today. Not yet. So we're able to have him here. Patiently waiting. Uh, you can follow Hunter at Coach H underscore Evans on Twitter. Follow Scott Klein at Scott Klein one You can follow myself at Jordan DeLugo. And of course, follow Generation Jaguar on Twitter at Generation Jag. Uh, big shout out to the one and only sponsor of the Gen Jag podcast, Bold City Brewery. You can find them online at BoldCityBrewery.com, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Bold City Brewery. Uh, they've got a special pop top event for us 
And next week, it's actually <laughs> going to be released at a, a special event known as Art Walk Downtown. We will get into that later on in the show. But to start the show off here, we're drinking some Olds Cool IPA. There's a little play on words there that you can't hear unless you're reading it. And uh, I'll just encourage you to go try it downtown. We've also got the Americana Red Ale you can get at their downtown <coughs> location. Uh, Hunter's the only one. I th- or have y'all both tried the Red Ale now? Yeah. yeah. Where are we on that? What do we think? I like it. It's, like, it. it's like a lighter version of the 1901. Mm-hmm. Okay. So Perfect. I'm, a, I'm, of course, a fan. Some exciting Jim Jag news. Our membership presale dropped today. You can get your membership for 40 bucks from now till the end of June. After that, the price will jump up to 60 bucks. But you can go to the website or any of our social media accounts and check out the member shirt that we released fully today. We did a little teaser last week. Uh, you can check that out. Check out all the other good stuff you get with membership. And come hang out with us. You can check that out at genjag.com. Anything else going on, boys? I don't think so. Yes. You're not working on number three, are you, Scott? Uh, not that I know of. All right. <laughs> Surprise. Yeah. <laughs> well, Jaguars, as I said before, they've they've gotten hot and heavy in OTAs. They've now had five practices, uh, including one earlier today, Thursday morning. Um, Blake Bortles, he's been probably the biggest storyline so far yeah. because of excellent play I don't know if that's ever been the storyline throughout any practice sessions for Bortles I mean he certainly had good practices before well he's had to compete with Chad Henney his whole career I mean it's usually been (laughs) it's usually been up and down throughout Mm -hmm. OTA's mini camp and training camp so far it's been all up according to everyone that's been at practices according to all the highlights you've seen according to the coaching staff is this a reason to be encouraged, Hunter, or is it just... I mean, I don't want to toot my own horn, but I feel like I've been on the Bortles train for a while. I mean... I know you have been personally, but like, do you <clears throat> think him performing well in OTAs actually matters? Pretty much playing yeah, against air. I think it does. That's because what they should. Yeah, I think <laughs> if you're playing well in June... You're gonna play well in July, hopefully, and that's how it builds. Like if you suck in June, there's not much hope. Yeah. But having some hope, and I think you're just seeing a quarterback who's been in the league for a couple of years, and he's starting to find out who he is, and he's has some kind of stability. Like he's got an offense coordinator he knows, he's got a front office that he knows, he's got players around him who trust him. And he's got mechanics he was able to work on with the same people for two years in a row. Finally. Exactly, and I really do think a lot of it and. I don't know how much it really affected him, but having Greg Olson, I don't think Greg Olson was good for him. Yeah. By him saying you can't go to California or you shouldn't go to California, mm-hmm. that's stopping, some, that's hindering somebody's growth as a person and as an athlete. And I think that allowed him to stay here and still be a kid, you know, at heart. And he was able to go out to the beach bars and hang out over the summer and do all that stuff. And I think you're starting to see that change. He's everything that people say about him is different than two years ago. Absolutely. He's more involved in just the community. He's more involved as an athlete. And I think you're seeing it in his performance and also just the way he looks. He's a completely different looking person. Yeah. I think, but I mean, athletically, athletically, but like just looking at him in street clothes, like that's not the same Blake Bortles from a year or two ago. So yeah, I think you gotta be a little bit, you know, 
optimistic. Certainly better than the alternative. <laughs> yeah, he could be sucking. Right. <laughs> like, we could have Chad Henney as our starting quarterback and just hoping to God that we have a you know a rookie to take that spot. And it and it just the, on the other side of the coin, you could say maybe it's the poor play of the other quarterbacks that are around him that's kind of propping him up a little bit. Or I mean the fact that pass rush isn't really live yeah. <laughs> or the fact that AJ Boye just got there yeah no isn't yep. there yeah I mean it, it, everything you do you gotta take with a grain of salt like but the mechanics have looked good and and the, the fact that he is going out there and just running with the offense and and completely controlling it and making them by all accounts great and like incredible plays um, that's that's a good sign that's what you want to hear you don't want to hear that you're your quarterback who brought you to the AFC Championship game, you know, is still struggling in training camp against air. Yeah. You know, there's no pass rush. He should be dominating these drills. And I think a lot of it is you're not going to practice against the best defenses in the world every single day against a live pass rush and a live defense. Mm-hmm. That's not how practice works. But even at our level, we practice against a scout team or a mismatched, you know, vars- you know, starters versus with scout guys. And if our quarterback goes out and has a really good day, we're not like, well, he did do it against this guy. That doesn't matter. Yeah. Like he went out They're and had a good NFL day. still NFL players. Exactly. Yeah. Like you go out and you say this guy had a good day despite who he was going against. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Yeah. If he has a good day today and he has a good day tomorrow and it continues, he's going to have good days against the best competition because he's used to it and he's he's grown with it and he's built with it. Like you can't overthink things, and I think a lot of people are going to probably overthink it and be like, "Oh, let's just practice." Going, going up against this defense can only make it better. Yeah, I mean, he's how much worse is he going to face other than our own defense? I mean, yeah, right. I don't think there's any reason not to be optimistic, yeah. right? but I think you also have to keep into perspective. Yes, it's June, but take same, it with a grain of salt. A exactly, bit. just be happy that we're not talking about Blake Bortles dropping his arm to his ankle yeah. and throwing a, a wobbling duck for a pick. Yeah, like, be happy. Stop trying to find reasons to be you know, angry. Absolutely, I'm with you. Now, AJ Boye returned, like we said, to practice this week. Uh, he joined the team for the first time this OTA session. So good to see him back with the team again. Not a major concern if a guy isn't here for voluntary OTAs. Jalen Ramsey's still not here for voluntary OTAs. Really a non-issue at this point. If he starts missing minicamp, then you can start questioning what's going on. But OTAs are voluntary. They don't got to be there. And Jalen Ramsey, he's not the type of guy that's going to not be working at his craft when he's away from the team. He's, I'm sure, doing this calculated, trying to get himself ready for the season. And, well, even, and he's in contact. Yeah. Like they oh, said yeah. multiple yeah. times, like, we were in contact. And I feel like that you could... If there was an issue and there was hesitation from the coaches, you would hear it. Yeah, there's you wouldn't might not hear the exact words, but you'd hear in their voice and how they talk. Like you would hear him being brought up instead of just yeah. answering questions about. They're it. not concerned. Like yeah. it's not a concern. It's a voluntary workout. Mm-hmm. And yes, you want him to be there to show whatever, but it's a voluntary workout. Let the dude yeah. have his time away. And didn't it's the a, same time last year he carries meniscus in in OTAs? Well. Sure, guys get injured all the time. We've seen that this whole offseason. And, you know, I guess it can happen anytime. It could happen when he comes back from mandatory minicamp. You don't know when it's when an injury like that's going to happen. So I don't really... 
I'm just saying, why I would say you... try to hold your guys out of practice? Oh, absolutely. Like, I mean, you'd love to have your Ramsey. Guys. If there's a guy on the team that does not need to practice, it's him. He missed mm-hmm. almost every practice all of last season. And why? And, and if if I'm looking at it, why would I go in and risk my body doing something for free? He's not. No one's getting paid. Well, on the other side of the coin, like if if you're doing workouts by yourself and get injured by yourself, the team That's might true. not be on the hook for it. This is true. Yeah, unless yeah. it's a sanction, unless they say yeah. And I don't, I don't, I don't necessarily think he's going to be in live action stuff. I mean, he might be running through. Uh, I know, but you could get injured doing yeah. anything. So, you I know, mean, injury thing is whatever. I, there's, no I just issue. think it doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> there's no issue. Yeah. Uh, Leonard Fournette's missed several practices. Precautionary thing. He's not injured. Um, He's been looking slim and trim. I don't think there's any reason to push him at this mm-hmm. point. Uh, he's going to... Even get, if TJ Yeldon and Corey Grant get more featured roles this year, he's, he's still going to be a workhorse, still going to get over 300 touches. Uh, volu- I mean, this voluntary period is literally... The best way to describe it is it is a chance to see the new guys that you brought into the building mm-hmm. and see your rookies and see what they can really do. Rookie minicamp doesn't give you that good of a look. Yeah. This is giving you a better look. It's also allowing the rookies to kind of get with the older guys, start to kind of get in, integrated into the how you know your program or your team does things. If a guy is not practicing like Leonard Fournette, like, it's not the end of the world. Again, it's June. It's May 31st. Yep. If it was August 31st or September 31st, and maybe then you kind of have some concerns, but it's May 31st. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's all good. Yeah, like let them go and, ha- you know, this is a really good time to, to just get working and just see what you got and kind of have an idea of what you're really going to roll with when mini camp and training camp is. Yeah. So. Now, AJ can return to practice today. He's been out for a little while, and so did Marquise Lee. Do we think AJ can could actually lose the job prior to the, the 2018 season starting. I think I think the guy that would do that would probably be Will Richardson. It depends on how he comes in and if he can really just wrestle it away from him because AJ Can has a very loose grip on that on that position. I, I mean, think. they all but said it's an open competition yeah. earlier in the OTAs. I mean, I, I'm not sure. Will Richardson's a guy who's got all the talent in the world and could have potentially been a second rounder, but fell because of off-field issues. So yeah. I have no doubt, and he's built a bit more at, like a guard who can who's capable of playing tackle. So I, he's the one guy. He's the, the one guy that sticks out to me who could really just take the job away from him. You know, just by the play that he shows in in training camp and and through the preseason. What do you think, Hunter? I don't think at this point. I don't think there's anybody on the team that's going to lose their job. Um, I don't think AJ Can will lose his job. I think if he's not starting, it's because somebody, Will Richardson or whoever, took it from him. Yeah. Okay. I don't. I don't think he's going to go out and just completely shit down his leg and be like, I don't want to do this anymore. Kind yeah. of thing. Like that's not going to happen. He's going to yeah. go out and compete. And if the guy behind him is better, and he knows he's fighting for his job, he might not have felt that really ever prior to this season. Yeah. yeah. And now he's he does have some pressure, but I don't think it's a matter of, Hey, you just didn't play very well. So we're going to give it to somebody else. It's going to be, 
this guy proved himself to play better, and he's going to be the guy. I don't think their mentality is this guy lost the job. I think that's a bad mentality to get into. Because there were times last year where AJ Can was passable to average to above average. I mean, yeah. he wasn't was, a trainer. Other game, other game, he, he, he was, just had very, very public letdowns. Yeah. You know, so I mean, and throughout the offseason, they've talked about you know we feel like Can can do the job. You know, he's he's been doing it for, for I believe three years now. Somebody's, I agree with Hunter 100%. Somebody's going to have to come and, you know, the best man wins. I mean, it's not like he's going to lose it because he's going to go out there and give everything he's got to keep the job that he's, been, he's had. Fair enough. Um, certainly from a coaching standpoint, I think you want to encourage that idea of not someone losing it, but someone, you know, taking control of the job. But, you know, as people just commenting on the outside... Yeah, I, I just it's don't... It's easy to say, could he lose his job? Yeah, I just... I don't see... I don't think AJ can... If he is not starting week one, it's because someone else took it from him. If he's not starting week two or three, then yeah, maybe that's because be a poor he, play. I, yeah. I think that might be because yeah. he They're not going to make a change just to make a change, just to have a new face yeah, there, I, and I just, hope it works. I just don't think day one starter, even if day one of preseason, if AJ can is not the guy... It's because someone clearly was above him in play. Yeah. If it's week week two, three, four, five, and he's not the starter, then that's maybe hey, this guy's just not quite getting it. Let's give somebody else a chance. Yeah. I just don't see them being like, hey, let's just give this guy a chance. We've won. So that's why I say it's not really losing the job. It's more of a, somebody taking it from him. Um, I think you lose your job in the season. You don't really lose it before the season. Well, you never know. I mean, maybe he could be a disaster. And yeah, but. I, just I don't doubt that'll happen. Yeah, yeah, I just don't see that happening. But who knows? Richardson could be better than him from the get-go. You never know. Uh, Telvin Smith talked about Paul Puzlesny today and taking on some of the leadership role that Puzlesny left behind. And uh, Telvin got into talking about how they're always still talking about Paul Puzlesny in the locker room, like what would Paul do in this situation. He went on to say he wouldn't be surprised if Puzlesny gets the call to come out of retirement at some point this season. A, would you want Puz to come out of retirement? B, uh, do you think it could actually happen? A, yes. B, yeah, maybe. I don't think so. Yeah. A, I mean, would I? Sure. He is easily still good enough to play that third linebacker and be just a guy to help out. And I yeah, think, I mean, at the very least, if he's taking up a roster spot, he he's not going to be unrosterable, in my opinion, but he's also going to be invaluable in terms of the leadership and getting people where they're supposed to yeah. be and all that. And I think there's a bunch of people that are going to dog Paul Puzlesny because they think he's unathletic. And, but he's not there to fill the void of athleticism when Miles Jack and Delvin Smith are yeah. out. That's right. not his you're job. You're not missing athleticism. <laughs> yeah, you're, if you're, he gets in a, put in a bad spot... It's not his. It's not necessarily his fault. No, that's just football. Like great yeah. call, we had our guy in the wrong spot. At a certain point, you've mm-hmm. got to understand. Paul Puzlesny, when he was on the field, was not there to play as Telvin Smith. He was there to play as Paul Puzlesny. Yes, there were times where mismatches happened, and that happens. If I get stuck man on man on a wrong guy because of a formation that we just got beat by, mm-hmm. which happened. I mean, against the Seahawks, yeah. it happened. But you didn't see it happen as much. In 2017, as you did in prior seasons. No, and I think that has to do with a lot more 
a lot of better coaching, and I also think it has to do with a lot less ignorance and just arrogance about the defensive staff. Understanding what they had, and when Paul Puzzle wasn't even on the field, you could really tell the defense to kind of change how they called stuff. They really wanted to be him, have him as a box player. There were just times, like against the Seahawks, I can think of the, the one play where he's man-on-man against a guy down the field, across the field. And yeah. that, it happens. You're yeah. supposed to carry this guy vertical across the field, and you do, and... You get beat sometimes just because better. it was a great play call and a great formation by the offense. But would I like Paul Puzzles and he'd still be on the team? Yeah. If they gave him a call and he was like, let's go, cool. Yeah, I would take him too. Yeah, like what, who else are you going to take? I would – I would. the only reason why I would be like it would be a negative situation is because to me that would mean maybe somebody got hurt and we would well, need yeah. to give him a call. Well, then you're definitely happy that he's out there. Yeah. Yeah. But <laughs> – the one thing that I do think it could potentially, and I don't know if that would happen, it might just slow down Miles Jack's uh, development a tad bit more. Yeah, it could I help mean, it's it. Maybe, I th- but in terms of becoming the leader of the linebacking core, which currently Telvin Smith is, yeah. but you want Miles Jack to become that guy because as great as Telvin Smith is, his potential is not nearly what Miles Jack is. I don't think it hinders it because I don't. Just because Paul Pozlesny is a great leader and is looked at as kind of the elder of that linebacking room, that doesn't change Miles Jack or Telvin Smith's input and effect on that linebacking room. I agree, but I just think it could slow him down in terms of becoming that alpha guy on the field. Yeah, he to might me, not speak up as much if Pozlesny's there. To I mean, me, it's, like it's, it's the whole grandfather thing. Like, yeah, like you're never going to be the patriarch of the family until the grandfather dies. Right. Yeah, I, was, I understand that, but at the same time, if Miles Jack's not able to take ownership, or if Telvin Smith's not able to step up and take ownership of that room, even with a Paul Pozlesny there, then that's on Miles Jack. Okay. At a certain point, like you got to step up and understand, he's here as a depth guy. Yes, he might be the elder leader, the 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 more mature and vocal guy, or the more mature kind of see what he does and do that. But yeah. I just think step the, up. I think the Jags did so much to hurt him in year one. I Miles agree. Jack, that is, I and s- then there's so much progress last year. You just don't want to see it. And I don't think that Puzlesny being there would make him not progress as a player and a leader, but I think it could make it just a tad bit slower. And even though Puzlesny has all that wisdom to give the rest of the team, maybe Miles Jack just mm-hmm. not thinking about that could become could lead him to have a bigger 2018 season. And he's, and he's That's been very possible. Locker, and he's been in a locker with him with for two years. Yeah. I mean, every single situation you can think of, they've probably gone over. I mean, there's you, you can always find little wrinkles and things that go over like that, but how much more can he really learn from Paul Puzlesny? I'm sure there's, there's some things that yeah. are just invaluable from a guy like Paul Puzlesny, but how much more would he need before he'd be like, okay, you know, I'm ready to take over? I mean, he's going into his third yeah, year. He was close to being an elite player last yeah. year. There was minor, minor things yeah. about his game that I don't think Paul Puzlesny can fix. But, no, again, I, and it's not necessarily about Paul Puzlesny and Miles Jack's relationship and Miles Jack's development. Paul Puzlesny helps the Jaguars win a Super Bowl yeah. in 2018. It's a no-brainer. Yeah. I, mean, I still think Miles Jack is one of the most instinctual football players in the league. Mm. He well, sees ball, gets ball. He is a freak. You're right. But his issue is something that's almost uncoachable. He is, I've said it before, he is too athletic yeah. for his own good. 
It needs and to be more of a controlled chaos. Yeah, <laughs> you saw that against the Browns. I think I, I when it happened against the Browns, I said it. Like yeah. you were kind that's of, why I think you I were kind of like man. <laughs> you were saying you were kind of bashing Miles Jackal a little bit just because. He really. This has not been a good game for him. You know, he's overrun. He was having stuff. a terrible he's, game, and yeah. then it happened, and he overran it. And Cody or Deshaun uh, uh, Kaiser gets a first down on third down short, and I'm like, if Miles Jack can get that away from his game, and that's something that Paul Pozzosny cannot fix. That's something mm-hmm. that Miles Jack has to understand and be able to fix, and his brain's got to move faster than his feet. And I think you know, it's tough when your feet are that fast. That's yeah. the problem. Like, when, but you saw it happen. Like the play he made against the Patriots. There's two percent of the league that makes that play. Yeah, and a look if at the that, line. Look at the play if it made against the Steelers on the sideline. Yeah, with the, the pick. I mean, just yeah. how many linebackers can do that? No, that was a cornerback yeah, play. That was yeah, an elite cornerback play. play. Yeah, and that's why I think he. I mean, we'll see. I will Paul Puzlesny get a call? I don't think so. Mm-hmm. Would I be okay if he did? Yes. Yeah, I think I'm with you there. <laughs> I mean, he now, played solid. Stand on the Miles Jack subject. Tashawn Gibson believes Miles Jack will be the best linebacker in the NFL in two to three years. I agree. And I said <laughs> that last week. I think I said I I think I said he should be a top two or three linebacker. Miles I mean, you got Luke Keekley and you've also got Bobby Wagner, but besides that, I don't really think I think what separates Miles Jack from everybody else is that Miles Jack is not a linebacker. He's a Freak athlete stuck in a linebacker, a smaller linebacker's body. Not even that small. He's, he's two forty. So I'm saying he's a smaller in comparison in height and just his overall build. Two again, two forty is different. Like I'm two forty, you know, like two forty to me and two forty to somebody else is completely different. But yeah. he's a freak safety possible corner mm-hmm. stuck in a linebacker's body, and. You don't see that. There's nobody in the league. There's nobody that's played the game that's like that right now. I think PFF actually came out with a stat that he was or last year. He was the second best linebacker in coverage. Third, the yeah. Was it third? Yeah. Yeah, and a lot of that. And his is, first year is actually getting serious minutes. I mean, he's a freak, and once he really learns the game, and I think once he gets a full grasp of it, it's going to be hard to stop him and Telvin Smith. Because Telvin Smith is another guy. He's a freak athlete. But Miles Jack is on another level. And I think that's very obvious by some of the plays that he makes that he shouldn't be making. Yeah. So. So good to see other other teammates kind of stepping up and saying, you know, this guy is going to be the guy. Because I think that only gives you more confidence. Yeah. And then you talk about uh, Todd Wash said how Miles Jack is kind of becoming more of like that gym rat type guy. Who you see all the time just working to get better consistently. And that's how you go from being a super talented player with tons of potential to an all pro. Potential means ain't done shit yet. So. Yeah. <laughs> well, he's done some things. Yeah, he's got more than potential. Because, you know, Miles Jack wasn't down. Of course. Obviously. Uh, flipping sides of the ball, the young receivers have looked really impressive. Dante Moncrief and. Um, mm-hmm. Blake Bortles have had a really nice connection. Keelan Cole's been making all sorts of plays. One hand catches downfield. Uh, some really impressive acrobatic catches over the middle. DJ Chark, you've heard really good things about. 
The receiver position, it's got, I've said this before, I think it has the lowest floor and the highest ceiling of any, or the, the biggest difference between mm-hmm. the ceiling and the floor of any position on this team, potentially. Yeah, and something that I think uh, Hackett came out with a quote or said something about them the other day, and a lot of people were kind of dogging him about it, but he said that he's had to kind of structure his offense to not have a number one receiver. Yeah. And I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. No. Well, the way like, he characterized it is that he wanted to structure it that way. Yeah, but... Not like he's pigeonholed into doing that yeah, because but, they don't have one. Yeah, he's he's kind of in a situation where he doesn't necessarily need a number one receiver. He, he has two or three guys that he feels really comfortable with in a certain point of the game can be that number one receiver. You don't that's have, not a bad thing. People are making it sound like that's a terrible thing, but... You, you I would much rather have three, like, 1B, 2A kind of guys than one 1A and then two, like, threes. You know, yeah, I know like, what you're saying. I want consistency across the board, and I think that's something that they finally have at receiver. Yeah, and, and you, Blick doesn't have to feel like he needs to focus on Allen Robinson. Yeah. But when Allen Robinson was hurt, he doesn't feel like he has to focus on Marquise Lee, etc., yeah, and it's it's kind of weird. Like the Jaguars have almost taken, they've almost taken their bad fortune in a way and turned it. And this is not just a receiver position, but all across the team, they've taken some bad fortune and turned it into their like a strength. Yeah, and they've taken what not many teams will ever do in the NFL with receivers, taking just four or five guys that can just go out and play, and they just turn them into receivers. And now they're saying like, well, damn, this kind of worked. Like. Now we got Dante Moncrief, who's a little bit more of a dude. Let's go do it. Yeah. (laughs) And it's kind of weird to see, but awesome. I mean, I think it's impressive that D.D. Westbrook might be the fifth receiver. Yeah. It's almost... They're almost taking a mentality of a a spread, up-tempo offense in college. We got dudes that we can throw at you from every direction, and it's your responsibility to find out which is our dude on this play. Yeah, in terms of explosiveness, when you look at Marquise Lee, Dante Moncrief, DJ Chark, Keelan Cole, and D.D. Westbrook, that is an explosive, Mm -hmm. explosive group out receiver. I mean, regardless of what they've proven on the field in the NFL, you can't say that's not a bunch of explosive guys. Who's the least explosive guy there? I mean, is it D.D. Westbrook? Mm. That's, 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 that's a hard question to answer because they, it is. That's, they're all fantastic athletes. I mean, yeah, and that, and it gives Blake Bortles a lot of confidence because he knows if one thing goes wrong, well, I got two or three other guys on the field right now that can make a play. And and he's shown the ability throughout his entire career to take advantage of defenses when he has three receiver sets. Mm-hmm. And you should see a lot more of that. Oh yeah, especially with Safarian Jenkins. They're going to be a lot of 11 personnel stuff, and it's going to be fun to watch. Because He's a guy that's looked like a difference maker, too, so far. Not just, like, projecting towards the season, but so far in OTAs. He's looked like the real deal. I mean, from what it sounds like, so he's almost like a mixture. If, if Mercedes Lewis and Julius Thomas had a baby, it would be like... <laughs> it'd be Severian Jenkins. Like, he's a ton better at blocking than Thomas, but he's a ton better at receiving than... Mercedes Lewis. Yeah. And that's what you want. And that's fine. Like, you don't have to be elite. You don't have to be Gronk to be really good at tight end. 
if you can get especially not in an offense like this. No, mm-hmm. if you can go out next year and get between forty and sixty catches for six to seven hundred yards or so, or maybe a little more, and five touchdowns. In this offense, you're massive production. That's huge. Yeah. That's bigger than what like the Gronks are getting because that's an offense made for them. Right. And structured around them. Exactly. Yeah. So and I think that's what you're gonna see from him. And the receiving core, I think you'll be pushing for another two. I really do think that this receiving core will push for two thousand yard receivers. That'd be nice. I think I'd be happy with two eight hundred yard receivers yeah. and maybe like two more five hundred yard receivers. Mm. Oh, I agree. I just think they're gonna put yeah. I think Mon- I think Moncrief is gonna be a thousand yard receiver. Keelan Cole's gotta get more than he got last year. I think so. Because he I had think... so many more opportunities last year mm-hmm. that he wasn't able to capitalize on early in the season. That you think I think he will capitalize yeah. on this season. There's also different. another another body in the room. I think it's a healthy help. body at, at this moment. Yeah, yeah. I think it'll and help them. I wanted I wanted to ask, just get a coach's perspective from this. Having guys who you feel like and they're very I feel like they're very <clears throat> versatile on where they can mm-hmm. actually line up. You know, they're not pigeonholed into one singular <clears throat> position, whether it's slot, outside guy, yeah. um, coming at it. A defense, you know, defenses or coaches are always looking for tendencies and patterns and different things that offensive coaches like to do mm-hmm. in certain situations. Does it help kind of mask what you're trying to do if you might come out in the same formations, move guys around? I don't know. I don't think it necessarily masks what you're trying to do. I think your are t- maybe a little bit of a tendencies are tendencies. Like you yeah. can't get away from your tendencies. You are what you mm-hmm. are, and there's no hiding it. But I think what it does is if you have more than two receivers, let's say, that can do something. Like okay, so like Julio Jones is one that I can think of a lot. They take him from the outside and they'll put him in the slot. Mm-hmm. But when he's in the slot, they're gonna give you a certain look and you know what they're gonna give you. Mm-hmm. They're gonna have to bring a corner in, they're gonna have to play some kind of man coverage. With this with having multiple receivers, it forces a defense to play a little more base because Who's the number one? Who's the number two? Mm-hmm. If one's inside, one's outside. Well, you gotta treat them kind of the same, especially yeah. if they're on that same plane. So you, I think what it does is it forces a defense to almost under scout and under play, mm-hmm. and they just gotta go out and just kind of do it. And I, I think having a lack of a Julio Jones type guy, you would obviously love to have a dominant player but like it, that. It but does it does lower it, your tendencies. Yeah, it yeah. does it. It you know you know the hey the it's third and seven. You know where the ball's going. Mm-hmm. It's going to Julio You're less Jones. predictable, but you got to try. When you're being predictable, throwing the ball to Julio Jones. It's not take those yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's, but it's if you don't have a, that kind of guy, yeah. I'm talking. You're yeah. in the, it's a completely different world of spectrums. So yeah. Like, yes, you would love to have that dominant, just mm-hmm. absolute force on the field, but at the same time, like, damn, we got three guys that we are comfortable with getting the ball to in a bad situation. And you can take advantage of that in different ways and. I honestly Maybe. think all five of those guys you could be comfortable with. I'm not yeah, saying well, they yeah, will yeah. be for sure. I think there's a good possibility that mm-hmm. all five of those guys would be the most comfortable. Would be even, really comfortable. And I'm not even taking Safir and Jenkins out of that conversation. Yeah. When I'm saying three, I right now the three that I would be the most comfortable with, and I think there probably are in a terrible situation, would be like Marquise Lee, a Dante Moncrief, and Safir and Jenkins. And then it's like, well, you know what? We're not too uncomfortable with D. Westbrook and. Keelan Cole at the same time. And that's something that's very hard to deal with, especially when they throw a Corey Grant or a TGL in the backfield, even Leonard Fournette at times. Yeah. But on third down, 
you got five guys you got to worry about. And no matter what set they line up in, if they line up in a two tight end set, you still got to worry about four guys now because whoever the second tight end is, maybe not, but it's bodies. And that makes things way easier for Blake. Yes, because in a bad situation, if his first read's gone, he knows that his second read is acceptable. Mm-hmm. And at times, just knowing that it's almost as good as your first read is very comfortable for a quarterback. And I think you, what you do is you... Uh, a term we use with our quarterbacks is KYP. And KYP is know your personnel. Um, and obviously, you just got to know, if I got a matchup, I'm taking it. And with Blake, this KYP has kind of expanded from Allen Robinson's my guy to, oh, crap, I got three or four guys that I'm really comfortable with. If it's third and five and he's eight yards off, I'm just going to bang a hitch to him or I'm going to you know hit a slant and yeah. call it a day. Let's go play another You know he's going to make that play for you. Exactly. Now, before we get into um, what Todd Wash had to say today to the media, the Jaguars defensive coordinator, we are going to get into our Pop Top segment for the day from Bold City Brewery, the one and only sponsor of the Gen Jag podcast. They have got an exciting beverage coming out in sto- packaged stores and uh, bars near you. It's It's been a beer that they've had around for a while, seasonally. Now it's going to be around all the time. Available to you at your uh, local package store, bar, what have you. We've got John's Apricot Wheat. And Bold City has kindly given us each a uh, 16-ouncer of one of these. So we can have a three-way pop-top. Getting back into the spirit of episode 69. That's my favorite. And uh, Would that be a 69-6? I'm not sure how that works, but don't want to get too far into that. They call Go it down that pretzel. rabbit hole. <laughs> but if you have not had John's apricot wheat, we've got a little info <clears throat> for you. It's an easy-drinking wheat ale named after the patriarch of the Miller family, Big John. The Miller family is the owners of Bold City. They add a bit of apricot to the mix and this makes a brew that's perfect for those hot summer days sounds like a good tailgating beer sounds like what's on the can is that right (laughs) (laughs) just in case people didn't hear you now like yeah you can check out the can to get that entire rundown that i just gave you beautiful is that the greatest sound in the world love it i think so i'm gonna go with a nice pour See the color. I mean, I've had this beverage before. It's a good one. It is pretty good. Oh, wow. I just I just like watching beer kind of yeah. turn into a beer in the <laughs> cup, glass, whatever. It's very drinkable beer. Yeah. Absolutely. And it's got that, that nice little like fruitiness, summer. but it it's does. also like yeah. not too fruity. Mm-hmm. Um, I like... Apricot, you don't see a what lot. Is, yeah. is it apricot or apricot? I think it depends on who you ask. I just have a hard time saying it, and yeah. then I just stick with one. What is I don't know ap- if I've ever seen an apricot. apricot? Or apricot. Whatever it Well, is. there's a nice little... Uh, oh, it looks like a butt. ...design. Well, that looks That's like... It's like an apple. I don't know. But that kind of looks like a peach. <laughs> it's an apple peach. Ooh. <laughs> you know, so, That's uh, why that's AP first. If any of our listeners out there know what an apricot slash apricot is, please feel free to send us the answer. It's worth the Google. <laughs> Your service might be better than mine. It kind of looks like a peach, doesn't it? (laughs) All right. Beautiful. Tastes great. Big John's Apricot Wheat in a store near you, in a bar near you. Check Bold City Brewery out on 
Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, at Bold City Brewery. You can check them out in either downtown or Riverside. They've got two locations, the downtown location. They're doing all sorts of funky new brews, which uh, we've been sampling for you over the last year or so since they've been open. But We're yeah, that's doing on... everyone a favor. We're drinking all the beers for them. So it's for you. Guide we... them on their beer journey. That's right. <laughs> it is for the listeners. <laughs> I love their beer. It really is good. It is. Mm-hmm. Also, if you're a big fan of our show, not just Bold City Brewery, please leave us a review on iTunes podcasts. That would really help us out, get our score up there, and uh, hopefully, you know, more people that are just out there looking for sports content can find us. So again, that's the iTunes podcast app. Please leave us a review if you're able. Uh, now, getting back to OTAs and Todd Wash speaking to the media on Thursday, Cody Davis was brought up again, the safety that the Jaguars brought over from the Rams, who was expected to be um, more so a special teams ace type of guy. Since he's gotten here, it seems like he might be working his way into maybe some reps getting maybe three safeties on the field or, you know, if Gibb needs a breather, really getting more of play, than, more play than was expected. And that really hurts Jared Wilson, in my opinion. Yeah. So Wilson's played both safety spots. Uh, it helps the team, obviously, immensely, having another guy that they feel confident in. But Todd Wash really commented on his athleticism today. Yes, yeah, so he even thinks that he can play both safety spots. He kind of reminds me of a, uh, I don't know his first name, but Heath in Dallas. Um, I'm not sure. He's a safety over in Dallas, and he's kind of that, not, he's a tweener. He's like too small to be a linebacker, but he's just athletic enough to play safety. And uh, Right, I mean, awesome. The, if they can get a guy who they thought was going to be a special teams guy, and they bring They him might in, not have thought that. Well, that's true. If what, that's what the if what the fan base... Yeah. If outside the, the stadium they thought that this was a decent special teams pickup and he turns out to be a a third safety for both spots, you know, awesome. They might have Especially because that means he's beating out Jared Wilson, who is yeah. an adequate mm-hmm. third guy. And he proved it last year in yeah. a couple of games. Like, he could do the job. And he's getting high praise when there's a guy like Ronnie Harrison, who's also in the building. Well, I think Ronnie Harrison, <laughs> from what they're saying about him, is... yeah. They've as Todd Wash said today he is better than they expected him to be when they drafted him. And you know, like I mean, when you draft a guy in the third round and he's better than you expect, that's that a, is, that's a potential start. That's Especially because they knew that he shouldn't have been there yeah. in the third round. Yeah, and I think Ronnie Harrison's biggest issue was he got stuck behind some really good DBs at mm. Alabama, and he kind of always had to play second fiddle to Minka Fitzpatrick because he kind of he was the other guy. Yeah, but. What a lot of people don't understand is the reason Minka went to corner is because Ronnie Harrison could play that spot. Yeah. Like they tried to put Minka at safety, and it turned out like well, we don't need to do that. Like you know, let's throw Ronnie Harrison back there, and Minka Fitzpatrick just became a, a Swiss Army knife. Yeah, go let him do. Go let yeah. him terrorize. But their Ronnie Harrison, work. there's plays that Ronnie Harrison made last year that were unreal and not only that he is a box player mm-hmm. he can come up and smack you in the mouth but he really can cover yeah yeah he's really good i've seen a lot of comments saying he's everyone's good. always just like oh he's a box safety i don't think that's no, giving just, him quite enough credit i just think, they, his, I think that's what he excels at his body type he is a big dude 
Yeah, but he's I've so, heard that he's a lot bigger than people thought. Yeah, when he came he's in. thick. I mean, yeah. but that's what Alabama DBs are like. Yeah. And I think his, I think that might be something that the Jaguars are surprised about when they talk about him being better than they were expecting. I think it is the coverage side of it. And let's just put four safeties on the field. <laughs> I mean, that's why I honestly think, especially with some of the other guys that they've signed, like they might be a 80, 85% nickel team. And just let the let the DBs go out and play because I would like to see, I would really like to see three safety sets with Ronnie Harrison. Yeah, that's tough. Get rid of DJ Hayden, in my opinion, on some plays. The way they're talking about him is pretty good too. So they've talked about certain guys in the past where I thought they were blowing smoke up their ass a little (laughs) bit. AJ Can has been one of them. This is another one. I think this is one of them. I could be wrong, but. They talk about how he's played in the past. Yeah, they talked about Todd Walsh talked about DJ Hayden today, saying like he's been he's been pretty good as a nickel corner. Essentially, is what Todd Walsh said. Yeah. And that I don't know about that opinion. I mean, we'll see. Whatever happens, yeah. I really do think that no matter what happens and whatever ends up being the best fit, like they have fallback options. Yeah, they can play nickel if they have to. I think Blair Brown can fill that Sam Boyd. Or I mean, they could get Cody Davis out there trying yeah. to do stuff. They could get Don Carey out there. Uh, I mean, behind they, uh, DJ Hayden, you have Jalen Myrick and Tyler Patman, both of whom have shown some ability. I mean, so, they have options, and that's yeah. something not many people have at this point. And so. I feel like there's so many players on this defense who are just so versatile. Yes. And are very fluid in what they can do. One of those guys is uh, the first round pick. Yeah, they're expecting to play him all over the field this, or not all over the field, but all over the defensive line this season. So that'll be really fun to watch to see maybe where he fits in. Yeah, they they talked a lot about him playing at the end on Gamble. Yeah, yeah, we haven't. I think that's I. I don't know. I mean, I think he could be a great three technique. I think he could be a great strong side defensive end. Absolutely. I think he will be good wherever you put him on the field as long as he has a coach consistently working with him. Yeah. And I think that's important. He's got to be harnessed for sure and guided in the right direction. And I mean, Marion Hobby is a perfect guy for the job. And I think Calais Campbell is also a perfect guy for the job. And you you hear them always talking. Yeah. Taven Bryan is in the best situation of maybe of any rookie. Yeah, in a so long you haven't time. gotten to talk about Taven on the show yet. No, I haven't. So, yeah, talk a little bit about Mr. I mean, Bryan. was I surprised that he was a first-round pick for the Jaguars? A little bit, because I don't think it was anybody that anybody, you know, I don't, did anybody say anything about him? It wasn't really on the radar, because no, I mean, I we did, thought defensive line was I have heard a lot sad. about him in the past because yeah. of his his past and, like, where he came from and how it was just kind of a almost a fluke that he ended up at Florida, but... When you have a guy fall into your lap who is a just freak from all aspects. Athletically. Athletically. And, and strength-wise. Yeah, yeah. It's hard to pass that up. Especially when he's in probably the best situation that any rookie's been in in a long time. Considering that he gets to play next to Clayus Campbell and Leek Jackson, Marcel Darius, Yannick, Yannick. Yannick I think they okay, had a well, conversation. Yeah, that was weird today. On the press conference, they somebody said Todd. Unique, and Todd was like, "But," then and they, then they were like, "Yannick," but it is Unique. It's Unique. Yeah. yeah. So, so I don't okay. know. But Unique, Todd Wash is a little confused. Not to mention, 
Who? We're still forgetting Dante Fowler. Like yeah. he has five, six guys that he gets to play against with that are really good football players. And you're still not even talking about Dwayne Smoot. Yeah, like, Smoot, every it's you got so many guys. Ridiculous what he gets to play against. And I think that's gonna help him. I, they said like, oh, he could be the next JJ Watt. Well, that's probably because he's white and he's a big dude. Like, a really good athlete that's white. He yeah, plays defensive. I think he is. Gonna it's not a terrible. Give me a little Aaron Donald. No, but I do think he is something that is different because some of his tape, especially against Texas A&M last year. Yeah. Oh yeah, that was a game. That was a great like game to watch. He is so good at what he does. He can get. He was almost playing too well. He drove a guard so far yeah. that he got ran past by the running back that went for like a gain of 15. He's going to have some Miles Jack plays while yeah. you're talking about. Yeah. Too athletic. You know what, though? He's getting like, I, I real. As a coach, I would much rather reel in a crazy fish than try and let, you you can't, know, yeah, let you, a little shrimp go. You can't teach athleticism. You can't, I mean, you can, you can't you can teach try and teach discipline. You can try, and I think that's what they saw in him. And yeah. I don't think there was anybody at that point that they thought was a better fit. And I don't. If I mean, a, his ceiling is top if, five defensive lineman in the NFL. If I'm yeah. a coach, I'm like, hmm, do I want the guy with a huge ceiling or do I want the guy with consistency? And as a coach, you always got to be a little arrogant and say, mm-hmm. I want the guy with a huge ceiling because I can fix that. Yeah. Well, also, the Jaguars in this specific draft in 2018. They have the flexibility to tr- try the, to go for the home run go instead pick the of the safe, best dude. Safe. Yeah. literally at any point in the draft, they could have the top guy on their on their draft board and take him regardless of position. I do. It oh. seems like they did that, aside from maybe Tanner Lee. Yeah, I think he is going to be an absolute freak. I really do, and I do think a lot of it's going to come from what his upbringing and who his father is and how he grew up. I don't think you can overlook that. Yes, he's a physical specimen and he's a freak athlete, but his dad's a Navy SEAL. He grew up in the middle of nowhere in Montana. Mm-hmm. Wyoming. 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 Sorry. The Wyoming, Wyoming Wild Man. Hey, no difference. It's the same place. <laughs> All but, right. I mean, yeah, I can't argue. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, you can't overlook that. He's going to be a guy that's literally going to show up every morning, probably earlier than everybody else. And work longer than everybody else yeah. until he gets it right, and that's probably something else that that was you know a factor in picking him. But I'm excited. I think it's awesome. Um, I think the first three or four draft picks for the Jaguars was a really good draft. I agree. I mean, we talked about it last week. They got. I mean, DJ Chark could have been a first round pick. Ronnie Harrison could have been an early second round pick. Yeah. Taven Bryan was their best available guy. Uh, Will Richardson, again, mm-hmm. another guy that could have been selected earlier. So, you got to love what you saw from there. And then you replaced Brad Nortman, who, despite having some really, really, really good games, also had some really bad games. And uh, I mean, a lot you'd of- like to see some more consistency. I mean, the Jaguars don't lose to the Rams if they have a punter yeah. that just does his job that game. Well, and it sounds like, what is it, Logan Cook? He's been nailing the yeah. top of the practice field yeah, all the time. It sounds like the foot, the ball's just kind of jumping off his foot. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, you know, you're a punter. Like that's a position that I think you can consistently upgrade. And I think uh, Malik Jackson said something about how every day he understands that the, they're always trying to replace him. Yeah, and I think that's important. I think he said like you're an idiot if you don't. Know yeah, like you're, like you're yeah. living in a false world pretty yeah. much if you don't believe that. And that's huge for the team to understand. And I think that's huge for the fans to understand that. 
the front office is finally at a place and a point where that's their mindset. Yep. We're not just kind of It's not just like scrambling to get decent players on the field. We're literally trying to find the single best person at your position. And if you're not it, no matter how much you're getting paid or what you did last year, we're going to find somebody else. Yeah. And that's huge. And I think that's what showed with the the Bryant pick, the Tame and Bryant pick, is that they found a guy. Yeah, we have a freak defensive line that was probably one of the best in the league last year. But we have a guy who we think can be better than you. So we're going to bring him in. Same thing with Ronnie Harrison. You know, we, we have a guy who we think can be better than you. So we're going to do it. Anyway. Yeah. All right. I did gonna wrap. Oh, what's up? Before we get too far, um, speaking of Malik Jackson, Todd Walsh said he came in in probably the best shape he's ever yeah, seen. Yeah. So him. last year when he came in, he wasn't in great shape, mm-hmm. and he had to work really hard to get into good shape after he got here. And uh, I believe Marion Hobby said he wasn't at his peak physically yeah. until about the Jets game. Yeah. After the Jets game, he realized. And that's when he left some players on the field, picking up, yeah. and really making an effort. He apparently he came in and just. In amazing shape, probably the best he's ever he's ever been in, and just ready to rock. And a lot of that, I think, is these guys are bought in. They may, they they tasted a Super Bowl. They were just so close, mm-hmm. and they're like, if we put that much more work in in the off season, after dinner, before bed, when I wake <laughs> up, and, a bit, what, and that's the thing. About it. Like. <laughs> This doesn't seem like a team that's gotten complacent. Like yeah. we've we've arrived. They're probably more hungry. I mean, ever. Doug Marone is doing absolutely his best efforts to try to instill that in them, and it seems like they're buying into that, and that's what you want to see. Uh, we're going to go ahead and skip the top five weaknesses entering 2018 that we were going to talk about for the second straight week. <laughs> so we can maybe get to that next week if nothing crazy happens. I'm starting to think there aren't any. <laughs> you heard it here first. Um, we do want... I wanted to do this. Just one storyline, the biggest storyline in each of our minds heading into 2018. doesn't have to be positive, negative, <clears throat> indifferent, either way. What is the biggest storyline heading into 2018 for you, Scott? For me, it's really solidifying the identity of this team and that is having some sort of is the, is there going to be consistency in the running game they want to run the ball they're going to run the ball if they can have if they can have an expectation that every single time they go out and run a play it will be a positive play whether it's 3 yards whether it's 10 whether it's 80 you know it's there were too many times last year, in especially you saw it in the Patriots game, you saw it in games at at the end of games um, throughout last year. There was just you couldn't run the ball. Yep. And I, it's we all look at the offensive line and point fingers at that a lot. Um, you can yell at co- coaching and play calling all you want, um, but to me, they upgraded Andrew Norwell who should be one of the top five, ten players at his position in the NFL. That boy better be top five. He better be top five, yeah. He better be top two or three. (laughs) Yeah, but, I mean, they have to be better. And I know they want to be, and I I know they're not going to accept the number. They were the number one rushing team in the league last year, and... It wasn't good enough. It wasn't good enough. They were number one, and it wasn't good enough. You're right. It's insane. 
So they have to, if they're going to win games, we know what the defense is. I almost picked the defense because I think they need to be a little bit more consistent um, as far as big plays. You can certainly say that. Downs. Giving up 42 points yeah. against the Steelers prior to the AFC Championship and then in the second half against the Patriots just not being able to finish the job. Yeah, but I don't think the defense is... I think, I think having a consistent running game and being able to control the ball while also having a theoretically improved passing game will be the difference this year. And yeah. if they are going to win the Super Bowl... It's because they can manhandle people at the line of scrimmage and be able to control the clock, play great defense, and be able to, to put a dagger in your heart late in games by doing play action, deep throws, whatever. So to me, the running game is really going to be the biggest difference this okay. year. How about you, Hunter? Mine was kind of broad, but I mean, it kind of works into what Scott was saying, mm-hmm. I think. Mine's just the overall maturation of the team. And... It's very broad. I mean, that's like probably one of the broadest things I could say. But, <clears throat> but will I mean, Nathaniel know. Hackett grow from last year? Yeah. Will his mm-hmm. decision making and some of the play calls be better? Will Doug Marone make some better decisions, like against Arizona? Will you know Todd Wash make some better decisions, like against New England? Those are the kind of things I'm talking about. Like, will you take that next step? And that to me is the biggest headline. Will the defense step up and not let us Pittsburgh Steelers ha- game happen? And I like, think there's no reason that should have happened. That should have been a complete blowout. And I think a more mature, more developed team, like what they should be now, that game is over in the second quarter. Like, yeah. You're not even looking back. It's just like, okay, we're, where's New England? There were, and I remember there were times where we were texting – and, and, mm-hmm. and you would just be like, man, Jalen needs to get his head out of his ass and just start yes. playing football. And that's – that to me is that, that what I mean by the maturation. Like, there's times with Jalen where I'm like, damn, you're – I mean, you're good. Like, <laughs> you can do everything. Holy yeah. – uh, wow. How the hell did we get that guy on our team with Miles Jack? But, but who, there's times – Who's freakier? Miles Jack or Jalen? That is such a hard question. Yeah. That's tough. I would say – Miles Jack is freakier without knowing it. Jalen is freakier because he knows it. Well, if that makes sense, because there's plays that Jalen. I makes. just think he was more ready. Yeah, yeah. he was more ready entering the NFL. He than truly Miles Jack knows was. he's good, and there's times where he's making plays that he shouldn't be able to make. The interception against uh, the Colts at the end of the first half here, oh, yeah. like that's not a play he should be able to make, but he knows he can cover that ground. So he literally was baiting players. Yeah. Into, he'll- It'll be a go route, and, and he's going to trail. He'll throw. just trail him and with no safety help. Yeah, so that's, that's <laughs> a tough one. Who's, but there, I mean, like against the Bills, I think it was maybe the Bills or maybe the Chargers. Too. Oh well, Jalen sealed the deal against the Bills. No, it was earlier. Like he got beat. No, it might have been uh, against the Texans. There was plays that he could have made against Hopkins oh, that yeah. he just didn't make. Yeah, and I think that's because he was almost too confident, and I think that's part of the maturation. Like. And I think that is really something why he's not here right now. He's growing as a person, something that Boye did. And I think Boye he, talked about that, and he talked about Antonio Brown actually influencing. And that's yeah. huge. And if he can grow as a person and let his personality catch up to his play on the field, then that's huge. Can Blake Borles take the next step? Can Leonard Fournette take? <laughs> Sorry, but can the overall <laughs> team from the front office all the way down take that next step? That they should be taking. Yeah. That to me is the biggest storyline because if they do, they're a Super Bowl contender for the next, you know, five to ten years if they do. But if they don't, 
you know, they're just a flash in the pan. Yeah. I think the biggest thing to that end would be the Blake Bortles development process. If Blake Bortles can go out there and prove this year that he's a franchise quarterback, this team has a completely different outlook than what it is right now. Because right now, fair or unfair, the national outlook regarding this team is that they have a two- or three-year window with all these great defensive players. And after that, you know, it's... It's all downhill, yeah. If Blake Bortles becomes a quarterback that is deserving of being, you know, a top-five pick like he was... Everything is off the table, or nothing's off the table yeah. mm-hmm. for the Jaguars. This could be the best team in the NFL by far. Yeah. If Blake Bortles becomes a player that's anywhere close to an all-star level at quarterback, mm-hmm. or an elite level, whatever you want to call it, I don't think there's a team that can stop the Jaguars. And the biggest thing for him, in, in order to becoming that type of player is consistency. Hmm. You saw three games in a row in December last year where he was the best quarterback in football. You saw him put up 45 points in Pittsburgh in the playoffs. You saw him go toe-to-toe with Tom Brady and pretty much He doesn't get him. enough credit in the, in the AFC Championship game. Uh, right. But then you also him saw there. him not be able to do anything against the Bills in the playoffs. And I'm, I would almost argue against that, but... I think he didn't I think do anything was, against the Chargers. That's what I would consider. He had one Bills. drive against the Chargers yeah. and one drive against the Bills. Both games. But to me, against the Bills, he didn't lose it as much as the Chargers game. I mean, against the Chargers, he did have two interceptions in the last five minutes, or two minutes of the game. Yeah. Yeah, awesome. AJ Boye just... Yeah. He said, we're not losing. <laughs> uh, so I mean, if Bortles can be a top 15, if he can play... He was like, really close to top 15 this year. He, I think if he can be top 10... There's no way. Top 15 consistently. Yes. If he can play like he did against the Steelers. 250 the yards and a time. touchdown or two if touchdowns. If he's at worst, 15. They're the best yeah. team in the league. Yes. There's no doubt. He doesn't have to be what he was those three weeks in December. He doesn't have to be. If he is, that's great. But if his floor is the Steelers game or even the Patriots game, yeah. who's going to beat you? Because you have some consistency at the quarterback position and they can't load the box. No one. I mean, you could argue. People are going to argue for the Vikings all year, for well, the Rams fine, the all Vikings year. Went and got embarrassed in Philly, so right. But they they went and got Kirk Cousins. But is Kirk Cousins of 2018 going to be better than Case Keenum of 2017? You Case don't Keenum know. Case Keenum was great year. last year. I'm I, not saying Case Keenum is as good a quarterback yeah. as Kirk Cousins, but you know, last it's year gonna be hard he to absolutely was. That's what he, what he would have Keenum to outplay Case Keenum's last year. It's and then you've got the Rams, who just... To me, the Rams... And Sue and Aaron Donald on the D-line with Michael Rogers. Marcus Peters. I fully yeah, believe... Got, and Marcus Peters and Akeem Tlaib. Yeah. I mean, if I was going to yeah. put money down, it would be the Rams versus the Jaguars in the Super Bowl. Yeah. I really would. I don't blame you there. That'd be a, I think that's a pretty safe bet. Yeah. Now, we have just eclipsed the hour mark, so we are going to also save our AFC South power poll for next week. No, it's okay. I think I think almost everyone can predict where it's going to go. You know, uh, if you're listening to the episode here and you want to tell us, you can comment on SoundCloud, Facebook, the website, whatever you want to do, um, and tell us what you think that your what the AFC South Power Poll should look like. So yeah, let us know, and we will get to that next week. I'm sure we'll be able to talk about plenty of other fun storylines too, getting into that. But 
Uh, that's going to do it for our show today. Thanks to Bold City Brewery, the one and only sponsor of the Gin Jack Podcast. You can follow them online at boldcitybrewery.com. Also, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Bold City Brewery. They just got John's Apricot, Apricot Wheat, whatever you want to call it, coming out in cans. Make sure to check them out at Art Walk next week and local package stores, local bars. Check them out. Big John's Apricot Wheat. Um, big thanks to them for providing the beers for the shows and just being great people overall. Oh, yeah. It's the best. <laughs> Couldn't thank them enough. Uh, please, if you have the time, give us a review on iTunes Podcasts app. It really helps us out in terms of our rankings and more people finding us and listening to us. Share us with your friends. We'd really appreciate it. Uh, that's going to do it for the show today. You can follow Hunter Evans at Coach H underscore Evans on Twitter. You can wish him and his uh, wife well wishes for the uh, upcoming birth of their second child. Yeah, thank you. Scott good Klein, you can luck. follow at Scott yeah. Klein one on Twitter. You can follow myself at Jordan DeLugo mm-hmm. on Twitter. And make sure to check out ginjag.com. We just released our membership presale for 2018. Our, all sorts of exciting membership stuff um, that you can find out all the details about. We've got lots of gear coming out. We just put in a new batch of Wake and Blake shirts. Those are going to be coming up soon. Wake and Blake on a white shirt instead of black. So that's exciting. Um, all sorts of other stuff on ginjag.com. And follow us on Twitter at Generation Jag. Facebook and Instagram at Generation Jaguar. That's going to do it for this show. We really appreciate all of our listeners. And uh, we hope everyone has a great weekend. And we just hope everyone gets a little Duval going on. And also make sure to watch out for a Facebook uh, Facebook photo profile picture overlay. We're going to drop here soon. Miles Jack wasn't down. I'm going to try to do that for everyone. Because, you know. Because he wasn't. That is like the biggest thing sweeping. Yeah. Sweeping Duval right now. Miles Jack wasn't down. So we're going to try to get a Facebook profile picture overlay for you guys out there pretty soon. So make sure to check the Facebook page for that. But again, have a great weekend. That's going to do it for the Gin Jack podcast. We appreciate everyone. Duval! Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. 
Granger for the ones who get it done.